Jean-Claude Van Damme has been banished to an island of secret agents and must escape to be reunited with his pregnant wife and to get revenge on his nemesis. Also, Dennis Rodman is here for reasons. Anyway, uh, it's the double team. Pops and box office flops. A place where we can celebrate the underdog films, the bombs, the disasters, the much maligned movies that have drowned in their infamy. So please sit back, grab a beer, and enjoy the show. Welcome to Hops and Box Office Flops, your home for good beer and bad movies. I am Captain Cash, and I am your host for tonight's pod, our third film in our Hops and B-List Action Star Flops series, where we're checking out action star vehicles that got stalled in neutral. Tonight, we are talking the Dennis Rodman JCVD buddy action spy thing double team. Uh, with me, as always, are my fellow inmates on the island, Chumzilla. I'm just over here shooting the dicks off hummingbirds. That is that is a worthy hobby and the thunderous wizard. I just want to remind you, gentlemen, that the best defense is a good offense. Basketball puns. Go. I, that, there are so many baskets. Uh, no, we're going to get there. Not gonna, I'm not going to bring the pod down that early. But I do want to remind you. We are brought to you by Wabam Entertainment. That's W-O-B-A-M entertainment.com. You can find the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Hops and Flops. Tell us what flop you'd like to hear us talk about next. The beer for tonight is as out of place as possible, but I had it in my fridge. It is Southern Tier Brewing's 2Xmas or 2 Timesmas spiced double ale uh, for the double team. This Spiced ale comes in at a strong eight and a half percent. So I'm gonna have me a sip. You're gonna need it for this movie. Yeah. Um, honestly, it's not bad. It it I taste the pine more than anything. And I'm pretty sure you can't get this in stores for I'm betting another 10 months. So when it rolls back around again, I don't know, not bad. I'd mm-hmm. uh I'd, I'd sit through two bad movies for this. It's not, it's not my favorite flavor, but you know, festive. Well, there you go. Cheers to that. Yeah, so up front with the beer, because, boy, we got a lot of talk about on this movie. Or do we? It's strange. This is one of those films where it's weird enough, but not weird enough. Like, there's not, like, a backstory on this thing. This was just, hey, we tried to put Dennis Rodman in a movie, and it mostly didn't work. The end. Yeah, I mean, we were joking before the pod that, it, it does have some parallels to face off. It, it's, it's basically a Hong Kong director's uh, first U.S. film. And uh, it's an attempt to capitalize on that mismatched buddy combo in an action movie. But this literally it came out in, what, 97? This feels like a movie that should have come out in 87. This is a movie that is five years too late for for both of its stars. Uh, this is the tail end of the worm as being a relevant sports figure. And it's the tail end of Van Damme as being a relevant Hollywood box office figure. And it, just like you said, like John Woo, you know, I guess John Woo probably had a little bit more creative control over face off and he made it just as weird as humanly possible, but it is still an American studio, not having any idea 
how to let a talented Asian director leverage what he does best. Yeah. Agreed. That's very fair. Probably my favorite part of this movie, if there's any charms that it has at all, is its quirky view of the internet and technology. Yes, that is very fun. That makes it feel very late 90s. It's a huge, like, touch point. Like, ah, I remember when we email was cutting edge. Oh, hack the planet! Yeah, the only only thing this thing was missing, because Rodman wears an insane onesie at one point, was Rodman wearing rollerblades in his club. Sketching. We didn't get nearly enough of Rodman sketching in this. Why why didn't Mickey Rourke kidnap the wife by sketching next next to a car? Or at least the baby, because you could like pick the baby up and go. Yeah, you could sketch with the baby. Uh, yeah, we definitely needed Mickey Rourke in this saying, No, that's my slave name. That, mm. that, that would have that would have been peak nineties. Anyway. Yeah. Well, so as we've alluded to, the film was released in 1997, and it was the American directorial debut of Hong Kong legend Sui Hark. The movie stars the muscles from Brussels, himself Jean-Claude Van Damme as the spy, Jack Quinn, which not Jacques Quinn, not, I mean, Jack. Hey, this is Jack Quinn. Sure, why not? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, and I, I just enjoy the fact that the film also has a key setting in Belgium. I, I, I somewhat think that this movie was an excuse for JCV to just go visit extended family back home. It's like, yes, I will do your movie, but uh, I need to see Nana. <laughs> we got to uh, yeah, do about 90% of the Antwerp. I need a smoke and a pancake, a bong, a bong and a blitz. I hate to admit, admit this, but that only makes me question the financing. I'm like, oh, there is some, it's maybe a, some funny business here. It's a globetrotting adventure. That's, that's <laughs> true. That's true. It's an international tale. In fact, they actually sort take of. a plane for no, actually, like, no reason whatsoever at one point. So they can go to a place they could have driven to. Listen, you know, skydiving getting... <laughs> skydiving is the fastest mode of travel. It is also the most discreet, especially when done by parachute basketball. Uh, you know, I know movies get bashed a little bit for this establishing, establishing shots with the, with the text crawl as to where the locations are. This movie could have used that because I'm like, where the hell are we? How much time has passed? Europe somewhere for sure. People's cha- uh, clothes change, their hair changes. Like, listen, no we're gonna we're gonna talk about how film. Rodman's hair, because because obviously, like, it's the late '90s. Dennis Rodman is famous for being on the Pistons, joining the Bulls, and constantly changing his hair color. That's what he's known for. So, literally, every time that there is any meaningful time jump, Dennis Rodman has a new set of hair. And it like mm-hmm. it is elaborate hair coloring. I'm very impressed. Yeah, well, and the movie references it directly too. It's not, and it's it's a gag. It's a, it's an in universe gag. Yeah. Yet at the same time, it's meta because like it just changes from scene to scene. Yeah. <laughs> it's some points. I mean, we impossible. And it's probably <laughs> worth noting, like we've talked about Rodman, but like this really was. It it feels like to me this was the Rodman vehicle. If this thing had a hit, it wasn't to jcvd's great benefit it would have been to rodman's 
right? I suppose, yeah. but he disappears for like 45 minutes in the movie, which well, is kind of really strange. does because his acting is terrible. Also, they have to set up the I, I, insane I side plot of the spy island, which is so utterly stupid <laughs> and does it's, not need to be in the movie. First of all, whatsoever. It's the unbelievably it, dumb. The fact that it's not called Spyland is a huge problem for me. But yeah, that that Spy Island is a whole movie unto itself. You, you know what? One of the weirder parts of that is the fact that Jean-Claude Van Damme gets beat up by some random dude that gets out of the swimming pool. And that literally <laughs> never comes back. Does that come the back? No, take, not even. The movie takes like a solid like five to seven minute break to introduce a character that clearly has a history with jack and it never comes back that's it doesn't come up don't worry about Over. it he just that was it i understand that there's a history well we're, a we're gonna get there questions about spy island yeah like a lot but I, I should probably we need to cover that the yeah. main antagonist and really third person in this movie is mickey rourke who plays the bad guy stavros who, who is a fa- stavros yeah I I just there's not a lot of of meat to any of these characters, but I will say Rourke gives like a Forsyth level of performance doing the I am going to elevate this. I am going to work my ass off to make this work. Good job, Mickey. Yeah. Remember when Mickey Rourke was a bad guy in a Marvel movie and he's like, no, no, I need to have a bird. And they're like, why? And he's like, because I need to have some nuance and complexity to my character. Well, he gives it all he can here. He really does. Just like there's no material. <laughs> I'm going for the Oscar. I'm not getting the fucking Razzie for this. Whatever you do, I'm not the one taking the fall. Okay. <laughs> I wait, mean, who who gives the bigger effort? Forsyth Mickey Rourke? Or... No, Mickey Rourke or his stunt double. Oh, his stunt double's working overtime. His stunt, whatever his stunt double got paid, it wasn't enough. That is also fair. Uh, the film was massively panned by critics, sits at 11% on Rotten Tomatoes, and bombed at the box office, making only $11 million domestic on a total budget of $30 million. It did ultimately pull in 48 total once you factor in worldwide, but by no uncertain terms, this movie failed pretty hard. How, but how much <laughs> of the 48 is from the re-release in North Korea? Yeah, yeah. Your, I'm your leader needs his, I, I guess DVDs. I don't really. There's they, only two Western on movies. Max still. Two Western movies allowed in North Korea: Double Team and Simon Says, both starring Dennis Rodman. <laughs> oh. But you know, it, it is fair to say though that uh, as far as the marketing goes, this was definitely a Dennis Rodman vehicle. I mean, he's up right. there on the on the poster. Uh, heavily featured alongside Van Damme. Like, this wasn't like I mean, he's there. This wasn't a Van Damme movie with Dennis Rodman. This was a Van Damme, Dennis Rodman. Like, you're yeah. right. This is probably his shot, which is wild to me, right? It's called the double team, or it's called double team, where the sense that these two guys are working together, but most of the time, Dennis Rodman has no reason, Dennis Rodman's character, Yaz, has no reason to be here. Well, I mean, we'll get into it with the plot, but I mean, you know, he's an arms dealer. So there's a very weak reason why Van Damme needs him. 
why why they would need an illegal arms dealer to help out an official CIA op. But whatever. Uh, But then he joins it. And it's even funny because the movie even winks at it because Rodman goes along to a certain extent to help him, at least tolerates him, even without fully understanding what's going on. And then when he finds out it's because his wife and his child's involved, then Rodman's like a softie. He's like, well, you didn't tell me I was a kid. Of course I did. It's like, you've been, why, why else have you been helping out this entire time? He, he can't really pay him for crying out loud. It's not like it was no, for the money. He's good for the money. He tells him that. Van yeah, Damme always like, good sort of. Sort of. That's also what he told his drug dealer in 1997. <laughs> and we all know that it. turned out. Yeah. Believe me, I'm good for it. I just did Street Fighter. Everything <laughs> that's good. that's gonna hit big. Oh boy, yeah. yeah. IMDb calls this movie an international spy teams up with an arms dealer to escape from a penal colony and rescue his family from a terrorist, which is a hundred percent accurate, devoid of all color. Spy Island seems kind of like a cushy resort to me. It, I don't know why you would leave Spy Island. Now, don't I'm get down. like it's so. I mean, mathing it out, we learned that Jack Quinn was born in 1959. So in 97, right, he's in his late 30s and he's got a pregnant wife. So I can get why he wants to get back and maybe be a dad, but alternatively, they appear to just drive golf carts around an island in the middle of the Mediterranean. There's a big ass pool you can just hang out at. I guess it is mostly dudes. I well, that might be a reason yeah, to leave. Yeah, it's not exactly Temptation Island, but, no. <laughs> but as I would describe it, it's like Club Fed. There you go. Is well, that your one liner? Like, well, it's I like have the two. beach. I have two. There, there's Club Fed, but there's also two guys, one basketball. There you go. <laughs> Jumzilla, what are your one-liners? Uh, Double Team is not a movie uh, as much as it's just a series of loosely connected scenes involving lots of explosions, gunfights, breaking glass, and questionable stunt work. That seems more like a critique than a plot synopsis, but I will yeah. allow it. All I'm going to say there's is... There's a the, plot? The last there's guy, a plot. The last guy Ish? who besmirched double team like this in front of me is still pulling his, his head out of his ass. I don't, don't care tell me about, about your sex your life. Sex life. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good line. I, there's there's I, some I, good stuff here. I like I think double Dennis team. fine in this too. That's the thing. I, 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 I don't, don't think his performance is any more stilted than uh, Van Damme's. Van Damme still seems like he's struggling with English in this movie. <laughs> uh, Van Damme is strictly on the keep getting them checks at this point yeah it's because he's not engaged yeah yeah yeah, yeah it's fair. or high out of his mind or, or a little bit from column a, a little bit from column b yeah my my one liner for this was john wick and ruby rod's less hyperactive older brother team up for a roman holiday yeah no no works yeah so jumping into the plot like the way this movie opens is confounding to me because there's an action scene where JCVD's Jack Quinn foils a plot from Rourke Stavros, where Stavros stole a truck full of plutonium. JCVD stops the attempt at the steal, but doesn't apprehend him. And then we cut to three years later. He only gets half the truck. 
Yeah. I, I, and, and, I, and I'm sorry, but I'm watching this cold, never seen this movie before. They give you some voiceover. I, I wasn't sure who Van Damme was working for. Like, what side is he on? Is 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 he is that the is that the truck? Is is he stealing it from there? Who who's he stealing it from? Is that the Iraqis? Like also, no, what? Stavros yes. just seems to be the bad guy from uh Devi Hard, just stealing it, it, plutonium it, and storing it, it in places. It's it just it just it, it's a great action scene. There's Van Damme in a monster truck smashing shit. Okay, solid opening. Yeah, it's more like a I, like a, a G.I. Joe-esque vehicle. vehicle. It really yes. is, yes. Through a train and other things some of the edits in that scene also make no sense but it's like okay fine I'm, i'll buy it it's a truck smashing stuff but yeah it's just like wow okay and then but to your point captain cash you time jump three years later it's like oh so none of that really matters yeah exactly where it's like <laughs> it, it just goes three years later we're like wait what oh i Why? mean okay sure and it jack quinn has retired to the south of france has a pregnant wife and just we get introduced to some random CIA agent or government agent who says we got to get just you back be, in the game. Let's just be clear here. When we say retires to the South of France, we mean like in a bazillion dollar villa. Yeah. Like, like yeah, it's got, yeah. it has Idyllic. an infinity pool before infinity pools were a thing. It, his biggest concern at this point is getting out of the shower dry yet with shampoo in his hair and his wife's sculptures being in front of his wireless telephone. There, there uh, was no reason he needed to unretire. Put it that way. He was yeah. doing okay. I, it, there's like, like literally nothing you could do to draw this guy back in. They need to just like, they need to kidnap his wife to set this off from the beginning as opposed to just be like, Oh, we, yeah, we, like not, we need not your help. Painfully after he's apparently dead. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Anyway, but moving on. Uh, but but the convincing point is, we need you back, Jack, because Stavros is back, and you got to get back in the game. And, and that's hunter, enough. Jack. That's enough. And he's like, you know what? You're you're right. I am. I'm gonna leave this very nice palatial villa with my very pretty pregnant wife, and my I guess what what must be my very comfortable financial situation to go. F- Fight this guy! I stopped from stealing plutonium that one time. Sure. I don't know if I should like the movie or hate the movie for the fact that they don't even bother to give us a scene where he like discusses his return. It just cuts to him on the mission, and it's like, well, shit, yeah, okay. I mean, well, it's he, action he, action movie rules. We know he's not going to say no. You, you so. get a scene like he talks to his wife, and she, he says like it'll be. 46 hours or 36 hours or something and she's like it's not dangerous and he's like no it's not dangerous although flashback that's a flashback that comes later though isn't it although the guy that recruited him was just blown up in a car in the middle of the street oh man yeah with the classic bad guy walking away not looking back the explosion mickey rourke does (laughs) nail that like i I don't know (laughs) if that happened before this movie but like Mickey Rourke just stuck that landing, but it's like this one. And when Wolverine does it in the Wolverine movie. Yeah. So I've got a couple of problems and I've already indicated, I have an issue with Van Damme leaving the shower completely dry, but with shampoo in his hair that bothered me 
to no end. Like I, that just so upsetting to me that it's in the movie. That's, that's second. The, that's how they do in the South of France. I, I suppose he so, was just also, he just washes his hair. He would, didn't want to wash his body. It's all oiled up. It's the South of France. That's important. Fair enough. Fair enough. But then we get to that explosion scene. The CIA agent is in the car. Mickey Wark gives him the, the villainy one liner like I left you present. The guy looks back in the back seat, and there is a, a timed bomb with 50 seconds on it. 57 seconds. It, yeah. it was clear. It was set for a minute. It was clearly it's, set for a minute. It's counting upward. It's insane. Yeah, and then it literally explodes in like five seconds, and the guy locks himself in the car. <laughs> oh no, no, Mickey Rourke locked him in the car. Yeah, I mean he, the implication like, is Mickey Rourke he, did the locking, but yes, it is strange. Stuff. Listen, there's there's a lot of things that make there. no sense. That's one of them. Why is the bomb counting up? I don't care. Mickey Rourke said it. I'm cool with it. Yeah, the thing that kills me with the CIA, like, do we know he's a CIA agent? We just know he's American based on his accent. It's it's so ridiculous because you don't see him at any point before this. And he has no name. He like at no point is he given any kind of indication who this guy is. And like he's introduced interrupting Jean-Claude being intimate with his wife and then says something like like Jean-Claude says, have you never heard of a front door? And his response is like, there's a back door. You of all people should know that. It's like, wait, what? Is that, French joke? Is that is he Greek? What's, what's yeah. the gag there? I know it's the, it's the south of France, but and also, you brought it up. Was he? He had his hand up his wife's skirt. Like what? Yeah. What? What? What is going on in that scene? She's. He's indicating she's pregnant, but his his hands up her dress. This <laughs> movie desperately wants to be like earlier '90s, like grimy, and can't pull the trigger. But it like is a very '90s movie. It's like, oh, we should have a we should have nudity somewhere. Okay, but where? I don't know. Just put Rodman in a in a onesie with his you know bulge sticking out jesus that onesie wow like we need to get his wardrobe for this somewhere oh that would be great so mm-hmm. let's talk about that because from here quinn travels to antwerp belgium to meet the arms dealer dealer yaz for the seemingly sole purpose of acquiring one gun to outfit his wet works team <laughs> It, it's, it's a sniper rifle that has been modified to fire tranquilizer gun bullets where they state two will kill a two shots kills a man. Three shots kills a rhino. At that point, why are you not just using bullets? Quick, quick question. How big is the man? Because if two kills a man and three kill a rhino. How big is that man? Like literally how big is that? There's a, there's a lot of variance between man to rhino. That's a good point. I'm just saying Chumzilla can take two of those darts. That's all I'm saying. I'm, I'm not certain you haven't had two of those darts already to start the podcast just yeah. to even you out. You you, yeah, just take the edge off. You wouldn't have to worry so, about the darts because the sniper is too chicken shit to shoot them. Well, but hold on. Hold on. I have another huge issue with this whole scene that we're going to talk what? about. Hold on, because no, no, why I, is only one of them armed with the darts? Everyone else just has standard weapons. So if things go to shit, everyone's just getting shot anyway. What's the point? Because it's a paper thin excuse to insert Dennis Rodman into the plot. That's the whole thing. 
Can, though we, talk I will about, say, can we talk about the Psycho Mantis strippers? Yes, yes. Let's, that's my favorite thing because we meet Yaz in his, which I, I assume is his nightclub, that features go-go dancers that are underwater and wearing scuba gear. It's a it drag is, joint. It is spectacularly sure. strange. It, it's and so like, 90s. Yeah, it's a lot of a lot of latex and what what if what if they were amb- ambiguous sexuality like underwater? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. The the movie's not meant to make sense in the same sense that it, you want it to be logical. It's meant to make sense in the fact like it, it's going to be fantastical. Yeah, like, that's the, this is the first indication where shit just gets weird for the sake of weird. Yeah, which I mean, I kind of like. Rodman it, it, it does set the tone for the rest of the movie. Like, yeah, okay, it's okay. pretty solid. Like he's there yeah. getting a tattoo, and they're like, "Didn't that hurt?" And then he sticks out his tongue where his tongue is tattooed. And he's like, "Nah, that hurt." That the tongue tattoo never comes up again. But sure, whatever. The casual, the casual. Uh, uh, I don't want to call it heteronormative or basically homophobic tone of this is also very nineties. Very true. 90s. Uh, yes. Did you know that Obama was a huge, huge fan of this movie, which is uh, so he he was uh, watching it in a hotel room screaming, yes, we can. And his campaign manager was like, wait a minute, we got something there. Yes, we can. Yes, we can. I'm just assuming that this is this is probably how we avoided some nuclear strife with North Korea. I'm assuming that. Oh, Kim yeah. Jong Un oh, yeah. and Obama bonded over their love. He doubles. had Rodman and Van Dam uh, inflatable basketball into the heart of Pyongyang, and mm. uh, it created peace. So, yep, yep. that is a lot of just, honey. Uh, yeah, that, that's just that's just facts, kids. That's that's so, how international politics goes down. So much honey dicking, and guess what they found in North Korea? Half of Mickey Rourke's old face. So, <laughs> Which the real question is, what happened to the other half? You never a know. Tale for another time. Yep. So that's what keeps Paul Red young. Speaking of a tale, do you like that segue? You like that segue? Huh? Uh, mm-hmm. Quinn tails Mickey Rourke's character to a circus carnival, weird European. I don't know what you call this. It's like it's not an amusement park because there's a live tiger. And don't worry, the tiger will come back. Because they keep oh boy panning to the tiger for no reason, and the yeah. tiger doesn't show up or do anything for the rest of that scene. But there is a tiger. Like, was it? Was I the only one who, at this point, realized that the mission was not to catch Mickey Rourke's character? the The mission was to assassinate him. No, that's the catch him. That's why they're using the darts. Yeah, well, but two darts kills a man. Yeah. They want they, they clearly state they want him alive. That's I mean, they want the him darts. alive, but they're still, very prepared yeah. to murder him. He oh, well, well, like I said, the, the only person with darts is the sniper. Everybody else has just got their P90s, and if, if it goes south, everybody just gets smoked. Yeah, no, I, yeah, it makes no sense. Like it's it's the contingency here is well, murder him. This, we we yeah. like him alive, but if we kill him, oops. But this we'll scene is it. entirely one of the screenwriters read Punisher comics. Oh, they're going to at least saw Face Off two years ago. Yeah, it's same year. I know just, it, they do say that Hollywood scripts go around, 
And yes, I, I, I definitely. And people you, just you will never ideas. convince me otherwise that the guys that did this did not read the script for Face Off. I just because this scene is is basically the opening of Face Off. And and the thing that I find strange, like this whole scene, makes me immediately dislike Van Damme's character quite a lot. And I am all on board with Stavros. Like, look, I know he stole plutonium and stuff, and he's not like a great guy. But they murdered his son and, it was and his wife. I guess and his lover. Well, it's not or his nanny. It's yeah, not it's not. It's is. not stated whether what the relationship is it's to the mother of his child. Yeah, went uh, Schwarzenegger whatever. style. This movie does a really bad job of making him a villain in any way because he actually doesn't do anything that bad. He kills a guy you have no connection to. Yeah. Who is clearly a dickhead because yeah. he does that whole like you sh- the back door you should know about that yeah and, you're kind of an ass I'm not sure I yeah, mind the CIA is dead. not the good guy like anybody with any, yeah. the CIA yeah. is not a likable character you know that's a, it's not get any sympathy there there's a real lack of character development so yeah I mean at this point it's not clear that the CIA isn't setting up Stavros just to get rid of him because they because he's done you know wet work for them and maybe it's they almost want to as if cover they, their tracks they did read the face off script and were like well it can't be exactly the same because in face off the bad guy shoots the good guy's son we've got to flip it well how are we how are we going to make the good guy like empathetic well that doesn't really matter wait a minute spy island that's how yeah uh, well, yeah but anyway this so the circus scene but just focus on that for a second. They're basically like, for reasons, they know that Stavros is going to show up at this location. For reasons. It's raining. We don't know why. Intermittently. There's a guy in a wheelchair in, back in their base scene, too. One of the agents is dressed like a clown, because that's that's what you would do at a circus. Sure. Yeah. Carnival, so, weird but, thing. So they're all, they're all set up. And, and again, their, their plan is to capture him, and they're going to sedate him with a dart, I, I guess. One dart, not One two. Dart, not two, two. Will kill him. Don't, don't use two. Definitely. And the don't sniper use three. doesn't take her shot. She gets shot through her scope inexplicably. How that wasn't a slow mo bad CGI scene, I'll never know. But you just get like a throwaway scene where she gets shot through her scope. Uh, you know why that wasn't CGI? Did you see the fucking satellite? I did. I, That's I was why there's shocked not it wasn't any more that CGI bad as well. in the movie. Because yeah, no, I'm saying it's it, not it good. Have, it, should it should have been equally as bad, yeah. if not worse. But and then so then so basically Stavros, you know, discovers the plot to 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 take him out. The whole thing devolves into a giant gunfight. There's a lot of questionable stunt work. But what I really want to talk about is that slow motion stutter scene. I do you know what like, I'm talking about? Yeah. I thought I thought my Netflix was glitching. I, I thought that like our, our POV character, Jean-Claude Jack Quaid, got hit with a dart, and that's why things started to seem weird and fuzzy, but that is not the case. No, it just kind of happened. It just, it just got weird and fuzzy for a little bit for this yep. one scene, because that's what happened. Well, and, then, and then there's all the, the cuts to the tiger. There's a lot of tiger action as well, which is... Listen, the tiger comes back. Foreshadowing. Foreshadowing. Tiger comes back. Listen... There's always room for a tiger. It is the 90s. Yeah, I know we enough, have but... said that Mickey Rourke's character doesn't do anything bad, but 
this is the one point where he imperils. He escapes somehow mm-hmm. to a pediatric hospital mm-hmm. and there is a fight in the nursery with all the newborns. So he's, he's at least willing to imperil babies. Uh, for reasons. Just like, and now we're fighting at a baby hospital. I like You're going to take cover where you can. I, like I swear to like, <laughs> so. there's something about this scene where I swear someone, someone who went to film school went, Oh, it's a whole thing. It's birth and death. And it's a fight to the death inside where you see all the, the new life and the, and it's just like, this is just weird and uncomfortable this whole they time. They do it better in the boys. I love it. I love it. I love when he walks in and he sees the dead nurse and the elevators opening and closing against her body. And then they fight. And it's not Mickey Rourke, not even remotely close to Mickey Rourke for most of the fight. <laughs> it is the kind of weird that you don't see a lot of. Mm-hmm. Partly because it feels so sloppy. Right. Like Chumzilla, you mentioned the boys where in the first season they have that fight where somebody grabs a baby and it's got laser eyes or whatever. But here it just feels like, why are we here? What is this about? What are we doing? And the answer is, boom, you're going to have a fight somewhere else. Yeah, I think in a better movie, you know, you you hear the Van Damme character be more heroic and directly address the situation like I've got to get you out of here. I've got to get him out of here. You know, his motivation should not be to just defeat the bad guy, but it should be like, I've got to get out of this, uh, the NICU. Like, yeah, I, save I, the I babies. don't want to do this here with the babies. I've got to move the fight elsewhere. How do I, you know, I need help. I need backup. I've got to get Stavros out of the hospital because there's babies. But instead, they just like take turns shoving the baby carts at each other. Do it out amongst the bassinets. That is a very asian cinema-esque scene where you know like in, in a jackie chan movie or yeah yeah a there's, movie there's always um but instead of using or, like or you know a ladder way. to fight so, yeah uh, a ladder that's nearby to fight the bad guy i use you know it's, it's an incubator yeah <laughs> but that's I mean, definitely it, you know. the inspiration for it like oh yeah, he's yeah, doing this they're, they're and he's even, here and he's there yeah there's there's definitely some of that because they use some of those physical props to fight each other and you know, but, but I guess to your point though, there, T Dubs, even if that was the the goal, we've seen it done infinitely better in other movies. <laughs> of course we have, but this is this is the uh, the hubris of American cinema. Like American cinema thought they could do things better than it's been done anywhere else. Oh, let's get this star. He's not, you know, like honestly, like I love Chinese martial arts, kung fu cinema. And Jackie Chan's not exactly uh, uh, Charlton Heston, but Jackie Chan does yeah. all his own stunts, right? Like it, it, it does, he does amazing stunt work. And, and, and all and the people he's honest. fighting are doing their own stunts. So it just doesn't work. Like even though Van Damme, obviously a very physically gifted performer, and he does a lot of his own stunt work here, he doesn't mm-hmm. have a real dance partner to do it with. And because of that, you have to quick cut because otherwise it's very obvious it's not Mickey Rourke and it just comes off looking a little cheap at the same yeah. time this movie probably never gets made if Street Fighter didn't make a hundred million dollars so yeah yeah well no and once upon a time in China is, is considered a, a Hong Kong classic too yeah and and so, the director of this did all 
five of those. Right. So, I mean, like, it's it's not like this guy can't cut a fight scene. Yeah, maybe he's being limited by yeah by what he's working with here for you know with these u.s actors but uh, the way the way the, but i will the say this I'll say, i will say this though uh mickey rourke does make for a good physical match for van damme like i mean he's physically bigger than van damme so yeah. when they face off when when you get their shots of the two of them on screen at the same time it's like it looks legit it's not like oh I, there's no way mickey Rourke could but, you know stand toe to toe but for whatever reason yeah work doesn't appear to do a lot of the stunt work but, but that's what i understand because mickey Rourke, professional boxer for boxer years, yeah. did all his own stunts in the wrestler obviously very physically capable just modify the fight scenes to make it a boxer versus whatever yeah, yeah. He was a boxer. I, I don't know. I'm just gonna assume. I'm just gonna assume it was an ego thing. He's like, I don't want any of my stunts on this movie. I just, good, I just yeah, want to get paid. There's a good chance he was just keep cashing them checks too. But mm-hmm, yeah, yeah. And I'm sure Van well, Damme's like, yeah, fuck it, whatever. But anyway, the, the way blow. this ends though is Mickey Rourke throws a grenade. It explodes. Mm. Jean Claude saves the baby, but passes Ooh, out. Baby. Yep. And then that wakes baby, up. Babe, I'm just gonna say. It. I'm just gonna say it right now. Okay, Van Dam gets wounded by this grenade. Right, he gets shrapnel on the back. He's burnt. Yeah. He's scorched. That baby, at the very least, has a traumatic brain injury. Tinnitus. It's oh, got okay. tinnitus. It's definitely gonna wake up. Going. Ah, my ears hurt. What? Yeah. Okay. Ignore Chumpsilla for the rest of this. Just finish the plot because everything that happens in this movie makes no it's sense. At dumb all. as shit. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> yeah. Like, listen. Not that kind of movie. Van Damme shielded the baby with his body. The baby is fine. Smash he wakes, up. He wakes yeah. up on the beach with, uh, with uh, uh, what's his face from uh, Shutter Island? Belloc. No, he, but he does wake up uh, at the colony, an inescapable, invisible, penal institution island for secret agents. For and Mascara. honestly, for dudes. Yeah. <laughs> if they'd have put like, James Bond, like gotten any James Bond actor to be on this island, it would have been perfect. That right? would have helped a lot. At least then you would have known the movie was self-aware. Yeah, like and and we mentioned this earlier in the pod, but John Claude goes to like the pool and like he knows all the people on this island because obviously he's part of this. Like, oh, I thought I killed you. I thought you died. And really it's these are our spies that have been disavowed by their governments and they're forced to go live on this island because they use them more or less as a brain trust. Like, hey, here's a terrorist activity. What's happening? Get all the spies together and they're going to talk it out. Like, here's what happened. Also, I don't know who runs the island, right? Like that, that's not Who's clear. Funding it? Who's funding People, it? Pe- again, not that kind of movie. The Illuminati. Exactly. But there is a brief scene where Jean-Claude f- fights or, or has an interaction with a guy who he thought he killed that just at the pool, that should have been like Timothy Dalton. If they could have got Tim Dalton <laughs> to just show up and punch JCVD in 1997, or even like, there's Sean no way Connery. that it, no, they, they couldn't have got Brosnan. But if they got Brosnan, Connery, Dalton, who else could they have Roger got? Roger Moore. Roger Moore. Yeah, right. Like if they'd have got Roger Moore just to show up and lay one on uh, JCVD, like that would have elevated this film so much. 
and the guy that does it's basically i mean i don't know if you do who that is uh he's a T-dubs. big french guy yeah as i say it's bartok the leaper boxer. yeah <laughs> it's like it's <laughs> it's not uh, actually bartok the leaper but uh <laughs> basically here's here's my big beef with this this is my big question about fed island i'm under the impression it's all agents that have died in the field that are good guys right that are here to no. help continue fighting terrorists it's but here's here is now a terrorist that lives on on spy island <laughs> yeah it's apparently a mix it's it's guys that are just too dangerous to i don't understand to, to, why to not even the gin pop i don't it doesn't why, make any sense put them it doesn't make any sense Flat so, island makes no sense also it, it doesn't. Moore, it, no, no no it's it's spy island invariably yeah. The various governments are going to have spies that are antagonistic toward one another. This was clearly a spy that was sanctioned by at least an government mm-hmm. that was antagonistic toward Jack Quinn. He's the friggin' winter soldier. <laughs> he pops out of the pool. He like with, with uh, wrist weights on. Weights on. Uh, also, you know why Roger Moore is not in here? Because he already he had his fill of shitty Van Dam movies with the quest. He's like, I'm out, man. I can't <laughs> sign on. Oh, oh Jesus. But but seriously, this this is another turn in the movie where it's like utterly ridiculous. Yeah. Just like bonkers. the utter utter ridiculous includes things like underwater lasers. Everyone has to like push their thumbprint to check in every day also and if they don't yeah i guess it kills people if you oversleep I, I, you're, nerve you're gas. totally screwed because you're just going to get gassed in your sleep so mayor mccheese is never surviving yeah. on this island oh no he's, he's gone spy island will kill mccheese within days like, but the, yeah it's just it's just so unbelievably yeah. ridiculous because they they also sit around in a room together watching the internet you know, through their VR headsets, solving the world's problems. Oh like, my God! <laughs> They're what? podcasters. Oh shit! It's essentially well, it's essentially Facebook. They're, <laughs> so, they're not creating uh, the world's problems. They're solving them. Yeah, JCVD does learn through the metaverse that his wife has been kidnapped, and he has got to get off the island and save his wife. So he magrubers a plan together. Uh, which involves cutting off his thumbprint and scuba assassins. And my real big question is, do you think the scuba assassins and the scuba go-go girls, is there like a school for like scuba, but also hundred percent? Yeah. Like, I think like so. What's yeah. the elective? hundred yeah. yeah. percent. They all train with John Wick's uh, ballet dancers, mm. all the same school. Yeah, I and oh, I, I failed to mention, but we also get introduced to Goldsmith, who is friendly with Quinn. And Goldsmith is the one who says, you know, no one's ever gotten off this island, but the one guy that has, we're all assigned a handler, and that handler had to go chase that guy down. And then when ultimately Quinn escapes the island, we learn that Goldsmith is Quinn's handler and now has to go pursue him. That actually doesn't make a huge difference to the film at all. And meaning they could all systematically escape the island and then be like, fuck it. We didn't kill each other. Now we're all free. Yeah. Nothing can be done to us now. We're not the suicide squad. (laughs) We just have Rolexes. 
Kind of. No, I'm sorry. Those are. I think they were. What were they? Omegas. What were those watches? Oh, it was. A, it was an Omega for sure. Yeah. Those were fancy Omega, watches. Omega, yeah. Um, which is, again, uh, smartwatch. They all have smartwatches, so that's way ahead of its well, time. Eli Manning founded Spy Island. Apparently, didn't he? Wasn't he sponsored by? <laughs> Oh I think so. Uh, and also, it's, you got to point out the Goldsmith is played by the actor that portrayed Belloc in uh, Raiders. At that is one true. point, he stares so hard into JCVD's abs, his face melts. And that's the end of Goldsmith. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if, honestly, if that had happened, would that have been terribly out of place here? I think I'd have just been like, yeah, no, they fine. Sure, why not? <laughs> it's right Everything there with else. the underwater lasers. So you ask T Dubs who was in charge of this island? It's clearly Doctor Evil. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, because yeah. if it was, there'd be sharks with lasers as opposed to scuba assassins. It's ninety-seven. Give it some time. They're working on the shark. Lasers. That's right. It's 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 not a simple project. So ultimately, JCVD does escape the island and goes to well, he goes home first only to learn that he's got to go to Rome to save his wife and unborn child does then go to Yaz because I guess that's his only contact. This one really eccentric arms dealer. He met that one time in Antwerp and, yep. and basically Shanghai's Yaz into you're going to help me now to the point where he literally pushes Yaz out of a plane that he's supposed to parachute from, I presumably Antwerp to Rome, because why not? But sure. instead of a parachute, it's a fucking basketball, which it's not that kind of movie. It's supposed to be kind of dumb, but wow, that's dumb. <laughs> Don't worry, yeah. like, he, he made it. It's a prototype. They'll be fine. Yeah, and, yeah. and mm-hmm. the ADR that happens here, <laughs> it's so like... There's so much where clearly Rodman and Van Dam were in a booth somewhere. Just like, hey, say these lines over. You're skydiving together. Say these lines. Let's try something different. That's love making, baby. Fucking sure. That's how people talk. Anyway. Yeah, moving on. So many forced basketball puns, too. Yeah. Just so they, many. So, yeah. They travel to Rome where Quinn sends Stavros an electronic email message to bait him into a conflict just in the center of Rome. How, how does that even work? What's the logistics there? I'm confused by that. I I guess sending the email was enough to alert all of the other spies in Rome all at the same time that they need to converge on this particular plaza. And sure. I, yeah, why not? Um, but that allows them enough to get enough clues that then Rodman can go to the cyber monks, which is a oh really fun set piece. Like it's weird and it's dumb, but so- somehow Yaz's character is connected with this order of monks for whom the, like he expl- like one of the monks explicitly says, oh, brother Yaz has done so much for us, including an, a truly impressive mainframe. So they're like, Hacker monks, they're hacker monks and they hack the internet and they find, ah, your, your wife must be being kept at this hospital. You guys go. So they, they go to the hospital where Quinn's wife is, but arrive too late to get the baby. The baby has already been born. There's been a fight out, but the baby has been kidnapped. 
and Stavros has taken the baby to the Coliseum, but not really because that would cost too much money. But, you know, the Coliseum and <laughs> Goldsmith pursues them as well. A really poorly recreated version of the Coliseum. Yeah, it's not good. It's like it's very clearly meant to be the Coliseum and it is it is not a Coliseum. <laughs> and you're completely glossing over that ridiculous gunfight in that plaza. I, where none of it makes sense. Is it a gunfight or is it a bunch of people just shooting randomly cuz it feels more like that? <laughs> it, it, it's it's like the worst possible version of that fight from Anchorman. There's just a lot of shit going on. There's a guy on a horse and a man on fire. <laughs> well, I killed a guy with a trident. Yeah. I saw that. Van Damme is a homeless guy dressed as a... Oh, I, yeah. I, I, gl- I glossed over that. With the, with the wig. But, like, yeah, so to blend in, they like Yaz is obviously dressed crazy because that's Rodman's whole thing. And there's clearly no, he's not, like... He's a, in a fucking suit for the scene. He's just a, he's in a fucking suit. He's not in the suit yet. Yes, that's, yes, that, he is. No, that's yeah, the he, next scene. No, he's in the suit. He's in the suit in the plaza. I don't he, remember. He grabs that guy over the taxi cab, and he's like, "Yeah, oh, that's right." And he slams him through the window. Some of Robin's <laughs> fights are pretty good because most of them involve him being taller than the other guy and throwing him into. And somehow stuff. that guy survives and comes back. The guy that gets thrown into a moving cab. Yeah, and, and and you know what really killed me about this scene is Van Damme sees his wife being taken away in a car, but when they go to the long shot of Van Damme running through the plaza screaming for her, it's completely clear there's no way he could have spotted her from his vantage point. Like he had no sight line to her oh. in that vehicle. Oh, that's because they film yeah. him. Running, they have, they have him running through a crowd. It's like, how did he see his wife? Listen, I am okay with a parachute basketball, but I draw the line at shitty line of sight. Yeah, it's just just like, wait, what's the logistics of the scene? This doesn't make any sense. It's not great, but and who's the guy on the horse with the the submachine gun? A spy. It it, again doesn't matter. You're getting bogged (laughs) down in it's dumb. This is essentially a straight to DVD movie that got released to theaters. Yeah. So then Van Damme loses the wig, but picks up a Bane coat at some point. And, and this is where he follows Dime Store Antonio Banderas with his gun case. El Mariachi, but not really. But not really, like, for reasons, because now you have to have a weird signature bad guy that doesn't make any sense. What, what, then, what's then, Italian what for gets... El Mariachi? <laughs> Il Mariacho. Yeah. And then, and then he gets into a fight with the guy with the with the foot knife. Do you not it, it enjoy was... fun? Yeah, Cause... like it was at this point I realized I was watching a John Wick movie, but dumber, where he gets in a fight with a guy <laughs> who kicks off his shoes and then holds a switchblade between his big toe and I guess what you would call the middle toe as opposed to in his hands and fights him with a toe knife. What knife? Yeah. It's no. real, It's weird, but it's silly. And it's kind of like, where, where else have you seen? Like, we have talked about boot knife, right? This pot boot is, knife is this plan pot number is pro, three. Is pro uh, 
foot knife accessory. So you right. know, between those shows, whatever. Yeah. Are you sure? Okay. The the plans go one, Gunim, two, drag, three, foot knife. And if or you can get a knife. foot or if you can get a foot gun, let foot gun, yeah. It, honestly, any kind of weapon in your foot. Yeah. In your shoe. <laughs> but this guy eschews this shoe entirely and just holds it in his toes. It's an interesting decision. I'll, I'll give it that. It's an it's interesting weird. decision. I haven't seen it anywhere else. It's foot not that would, I hate fun, T-dubs. It's foot just knife that would it, beat the shit out of you. Yeah, well, probably. He looked pretty <laughs> tough. I'm just saying, it's just, at this point in the movie, I feel like I'm having a stroke. I'm losing my ability to keep up with the Conveniently, the so did the producers after their immense amount of drug use. <laughs> yeah, why, yeah. Filming schedule. <laughs> so after all this weirdness, Stavros escapes to the Coliseum and has lined the Coliseum floor with mines that are marked by crosses and placed Quinn's son basically in the middle of this minefield. Stavros releases a tiger and promises that no matter what happens, whether he dies or Quinn dies, he'll raise Quinn's son as his own, which everything I've seen so far, I'm like, you know, 50 50 on the kid that's probably not that that's not that bad a deal i really feel like mickey rourke would love this child as his own seem like it seemed like a good dad yeah. the whole thing is that you know his son was killed so he just wanted to replace it by kidnapping quinn's kid right so who who was more or less responsible for the murder of his own son so you know you don't want a replacement goldfish a child but at the same time it's an eye for an eye kind of thing this man clearly yep. this man clearly cares for children, even if he'll start a fight in a nursery. Hashtag team work. I just all again hashtag I, team Stavros. They don't they don't do enough to, to make me hate Stavros, which is a problem. Uh but yeah, the tiger comes back and John Claude Van Damme definitely kicks a tiger, and it <laughs> is hilarious. I just want to point out that my wife saw this scene. This is the only part of the movie she watched. And she turned to me and said, why the hell did you make me watch that? I mean, deservedly. I'm like, I'm "I'm sorry. She's like, Jesus Christ. I'm like, no, I don't don't know what's going on either. And I watched the rest of the movie and this still doesn't make any sense. So ultimately at this point, mid-tiger fight, Yaz comes back riding a dirt bike into the Coliseum, grabs the baby, saves the baby. There's more fighting with the tiger. <laughs> like they, they, they literally fist fight a tiger in this film. I just, I can't stress how insane that truly is to, to just see, which it makes it kind of great on some level. I mean, it's dumb, but. Um, (laughs) ultimately it comes down to a fight between Stavros and Quinn and Stavros steps on one of the mines because of Yaz's clever manipulation of the various crosses. So Yaz and Quinn escape the Coliseum where they run into Goldsmith who has saved the baby because Rodman's character had like stowed it in some random hole in the wall as opposed to leave the Coliseum with the child and save the baby. 
but it's fine. It's fine. The tiger then goes into the minefield, finds Mickey Rourke, and we get possibly the most metal death. Like, I know last week we talked about what was the greatest death, and I hadn't seen Double Team, because if I had seen (laughs) Double Team, it was this. The tiger pounces on Mickey Rourke, but Mickey Rourke accepts his death, and right before the tiger hits him, he lifts his foot off the mine, and there is a giant fireball explosion inside what is theoretically the Colosseum of Rome versus a fucking tiger. It's incredible. It's the best possible death. And and you and then you've also got you know the surviving members Yaz and, and Quinn hiding behind an indestructible coke machine. You mean possibly the greatest product placement? <laughs> <laughs> Like Coke comes up a lot in this movie. Mm-hmm. Like, a, like it's J, like we didn't talk about it in the carnival scene, but at one point JCVD slips on Coke cans and at the, double does. Yeah. At the very <laughs> end in this massive fireball, all four of the people that we semi care about crouch behind a Coca-Cola vending machine. And that protects them. From the fireball that otherwise destroys the Colosseum. It is incredible. Like, incredible. Again, my wife was just shocked. This is so stupid. I'm like, yeah, no, I I have no words for this. The only contemporary version I can think of this was literally a decade ago with World War Z. Where just in the middle of it, in the middle of the climax, we're going to stop for... And here's some product placement, everybody. It is so distracting. It is so bad. I've solved it. Better have this Pepsi. <laughs> that happens. Goldsmith still wants to take in JCVD's character. Rodman throws a coin that creates a smoke bomb. JCVD escapes. And the movie just ends. And we get... We get the Rodman song, like we get the Rodman raps a song on the credits. Double team, everybody. Sure. The aristocrats. <laughs> well, <laughs> at least the movie set up that smoke bomb because he had a cufflink bomb earlier in the movie. So we knew he had some gadgets, but the CGI on that yeah, smoke bomb was. He's uh, essentially Q. Like he is, you know. Kind of, yeah. Yeah, so all right, before we get into the numerous questions about this film and a beer ranking, uh, let's take a quick break, and we're going to hear from our friends over at the Double Team Podcast, sorry, the Double Turn Podcast, but maybe Double Team. Maybe, you know what, Rodman did wrestle on a number of occasions. Hey, what's going on, everybody? I'm Boss Ross. And I'm the J-Man, and we're the Double Turn Podcast. Every Friday, we bring you the best in pro wrestling talk. Whether it's previews and reviews on pay-per-view events, discussing the hottest topics in pro wrestling, or bringing you a look back to some of the best matches and moments in history. We have it all for you. So check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and the Anchor app. And you can also give us a follow on Instagram at the Double Turn Podcast. And we will catch you on the flip side. Welcome back to the 147th episode of Hops and Box Office Flops brought to you by Wabam Entertainment.com. We are talking 
double team. We've talked the plot as best as can be said, but let, let's ask the big question. How many beers does it take to enjoy this film? Let us start with Chumpzilla. Well, it's only about 93 minutes long. 93, it's, that is correct. It feels way longer because uh, this movie covers a lot of ground. So I'm going to give this a solid five pain just just because you got to dumb yourself down. And by the end of it, if you're on that fifth beer, you might be okay accepting. In 90 minutes? The tiger fight in the Coliseum. Yeah, this movie is... This movie is an assault on your senses. You you need to dumb it down. That you is dumb aggressive. Yourself down. Yeah, that no, is I'm aggressive. Going with it, man. Fair I enough. did not like this movie. It was it was a, it was tough to get through. All right, TW. I have a certain uh, sense of nostalgia for uh, '90s and late '80s Van Dam, and this was at the tail end of my Van Dam fandom. Van so, Damdom, if yeah. you will. I'd give it four beers, two enjoyment beers, two pain beers. This is a really bad movie. There's some good action scenes that are certainly worth your time, but the the plot is horrific. The acting is mostly horrific. Um, It's sort of sad to, you know, like we did, uh, you guys weren't on the pod, but when we did Sudden Death, like Sudden Death is like a legit good action movie. And this is not that. This is a B movie at best. You're going to struggle through parts of it, but it has just the right amount of fun elements to make it a a guilty pleasure of shit cinema. That's where I'm at. Like the movie is brisk. It's 93 minutes and it's mostly dumb fun. It's not trying to be more better than it is. It's, It's a three beer movie. Now, I mean, two of those are pain beers, definitely, because you do have to, as Chumzilla says, dumb yourself down some. You've got to, like, take this down a whole notch. But after that, it's kind of silly and goofy and fun. And Jean-Claude Van Damme definitely kicks a tiger for some reason, which is kind of hilarious. Also, did I didn't look... But, like, did we get, like, the no animals were harmed in the making of this? Because kind of seems like they put that tiger through the ropes. I'm just saying that tiger, at the very least, was ashamed of being in this movie. He retired after this. Never never to return. It's like, I'm listen, I was in Tarzan. I'm good. So, big question. In fact, did this he, movie... he mauled his agent, Siegfried. <laughs> <laughs> that, that would do it. They even make a Siegfried and Roy joke. Like tigers come up in this thing for almost no, like what's the thematic tiger? It it doesn't matter. There's not an answer. It's just, I I, I thought there was a whole like lions and Christians in the Coliseum thing there for a second. For the record. Yes. Guess what movie stole from this gladiator tigers in the Coliseum. Don't mind if I do. (laughs) Oh, Ridley Scott. So, Yep. Big question. Did this movie deserve to flop? 100%. Thunder's Wizard. 100%. <laughs> this is not good. No. Um, it's barely a film. It's, you know, like we were talking about my, like what I would consider A list action stars versus B list and why Van Damme is not A list. 
because honestly, like a good portion of his career is crap like this. Like, what do you, what were they expecting to make with this? Who were they? Yeah. Who were they going for with this movie? Well, what cracks me up about it is if you go back and look at the marketing material for this movie, they play up the basketball angle. You know, you've got the the, the title double team. They don't play by the rules. You know, it's like they were trying to work some kind of sports angle there because of Rodman. But in the actual film, aside from some bad basketball puns, that parachute and the skull throwing, there's really no sports reference. At no point is it indicated that that Rodman's a basketball player. No, he just makes joke basketball jokes. He's but, just an eccentric arms dealer. Uh, yeah, who That's happens it. to be six yeah. foot seven. So like, oh, okay. It's just such a weird gimmick that they don't even bother to capitalize. Well, on. It, it also sort of feels like they were pressured into hiring him because they thought it was marketable. Hmm. Oh, he's yeah, weird it, and popular and controversial. Of course this will work. Space Jam worked, of course, but Michael Jordan was the most popular athlete on the planet. So also it, it does help that when you have a guy who can't act very well, a la Jordan, you surround him with cartoon characters who can do all the rest of everything. And Bill Murray. And Bill Murray, who is basically a human cartoon, so it's, it's fine. A, yeah, essentially Jordan's the straight man there, whereas yeah. Rodman is the, I guess, comic relief? It's not, but it's not really comic. It's he, just, he's, see, he's here's the, the thing, though. He's the quippy I, sidekick. But I love that he's there to just be weird the entire time. Like, I appreciate how goddamn weird he is the entire time. There's no like, no, he's got an angle. It's just, no, this is just he wants to be weird because he's going to be weird. I, You know what? He's not great in the movie, but I enjoy the movie and I don't mind him that much. I think he's better than how he long is in Firestorm by a wide margin. So he does an okay job acting in this, like. This movie's got way bigger problems than Rodman's performance. What would have fixed it then? If it's not Rodman's performance, what's the what was the movie missing that it needed? So here's the thing about this movie. Like I said, it's not well edited. And I don't just mean that like it's not cut well. It's that, that there's just not transitional scenes. Like the movie just the stuff just happens and then it stops and then something else starts happening. The characters don't really talk about it. It's missing connective tissue. And we know that this director has made competent films in the past. So I don't know if there was something lost in translation or if there was just the studio was putting pressure on them to, to hit certain beats. And that's the, this is the result. I would normally say cut out some of the material and tighten the film up but there's nothing to cut out of this movie. It's only 93 minutes long. Like uh, I, I would no, like, we I, don't I would know like, if they did cut things out. That's the problem. Well, uh, so, yeah, which but my point is like the whole, the whole spy Island thing, that's trash. Take that out. Like just, just skip that. Keep it as a international terrorism plot without the fantastical elements of spy Island. But if you cut that spy Island out, the movie's like what an hour long, not even, <laughs> Yeah, yeah it's just feature length. Yeah, <laughs> it's not even enough. So you can't you can't cut that out. There's not enough left in the movie. It's like, uh, yeah, I, I I don't know how you fix this movie. I don't. I don't think you do. I just think you say, you know what? Let's let's find a better way to rip off Face Off next time. 
I think you can certainly fix it. If you're going to hire a director of like prominent Asian cinema, then let him direct in his style and hire people that can do those things. I don't know enough about Van Damme. Like Van Damme is obviously a tough guy and he was in action movies. His action movies are heavily dependent on it's the big blow and he knocks the guy over and he does his signature spin kicks and this, that, and the other, you know, where's Jackie Chan and, and uh, yeah, like Donnie Yen, who I'm going to, the movie I'm going to recommend who uh, the director of this produced and wrote those guys are, it's, it's about choreography and it's about, it's about one shots and it's about really elaborate shit. And I, like, why bring this guy in? What, and then tell him, and then you're going to boss him around and be like, no, no, this is what we need. We need flamboyant American stars and this and that. And that. if you want the movie to work, then you bring in a guy with credentials and you let him do his own shit. Why bring him in and then boss him around and say, you have to hire an NBA player that is seemingly popular. Not that I dislike Dennis Rodman, but like, clearly it was a mandate of the studio that you have to bring, you have to do these certain things. I don't know that I necessarily agree, but I also don't, I, I, I tried finding more information on this and there is just very little info out there about this particular beat in cinema history. My big question after all that, when we meet the cyber monks, they explicitly say, oh, uh, our brother Yaz has done a great, great many deeds for us including a mainframe processor, which you must see. What are the other deeds Yaz has done for the cyber monks, in your opinion? Oh, Let's he, start with Jumzilla. I have a definitive answer here. Okay, TW, what did he do? <laughs> he clearly sells them ecstasy. That those, probably helps. Those monks have a fog machine and a disco ball. Yeah, I, I was going to say, I'm sure he hooked him up with the Psycho Mantis uh, underwater go-go dancers. I'm assuming he's got a hook up there. I'm now I kind of want to what do you think the career path is for cyber monk? Cause I kind of feel like up down. Maybe that's an option. That I'm doesn't seem so internet. bad. Yeah. I, I'll be a man of the cloth. If I can be a cyber monk, I think they've all got like, like legit back piece tattoos that Yaz is like either administered himself or hired one of his, you know, tattoo guys to do. So cyber these monks, monk, these monks are hardcore. Cybermonk is good work if you can get it. Hack the Vatican! <laughs> All right, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to hear from our brothers in beer over at the Hot Nation podcast. We come back. Trivia challenge. Hey, everyone. This is Steve. And this is Adam. And we're part of the Hot Nation USA podcast. Pittsburgh's number three craft beer podcast. Join us every Friday for new beer reviews. We'll talk about the news, history, and homebrewing. Plus, we'll sit down with the best brewers and industry personalities that'll have us. So whether you're a casual drinker, a hazy boy hophead, or even if you're a whale hunting cellar hoarder, just search Hop Nation USA on Apple, Spotify, or your favorite podcatcher and join the nation. Welcome back to Hops and Box Office Flops. We are finishing up our discussion of Double Team with our Double Team Trivia Challenge. Gentlemen, it is the standard five-question trivia there is not like a lot of one-off one-liners from this film. So we can do our standard tarts and farts. If you like, I'm going to shoot the dicks off some hummingbirds. Question number one. How many hair changes in the film does Dennis Rodman's character Yaz go through? Is it A, 
four, B five, C six, or D seven? I'm going to shoot the dicks off some hummingbirds. I Jump zone. I think it's four. That is incorrect. Mm. Ooh, shit. Thunderous uh, wizard. So, all right. So uh, I'm going to shoot uh, my inflatable basketball parachute. I'm going to have to go with five because I thought it was four. That is also incorrect. Mm. Six times his hair changes. Nine now, if you're times. Like, do you have them listed, Captain Cage? I do not have them listed. Oh, all right. Let, let's take a stab at it then. He's got the tiger stripes from the opening. Yep. He's got, I believe there's a purple look at some point. Yep. Um, we get green hair at some yep. point. Definitely goes green. We, we get we get like a, a straw color with like symbols in it. it that I would call that jaguar, but yes, I, I would say jaguar, like a white jaguar. Jaguar, jaguar. Okay. And then so that's that's four. Where where what's the rest? We huh? we also get the it's like a rainbow mm. at one point. Okay. And then there there is a a third one or I'm sorry a sixth one in. Is it just straight purple? Might be at the end. Might, there is might a be purple one. one. Yeah. There's definitely yeah. a purple one. I think we're at it. anyway. Six. But yeah, okay. Okay. I was underestimating. All was this is four. totally impossible for a span I, I mean, of 36 hours. That, but it is very impressive. So, nil, nil, two. Rodman was nominated and won three golden raspberries at the Razzies oh. for his performance as Yaz. In this film, which of the following did he not win? Was it A, worst movie? Was it B, worst supporting actor? Was it C, worst screen couple? Or was it D, worst new star? Ponytails, cocktails. Over to the Thunderous Wizard. Worst movie. That is correct. Nice. Worst movie was not one. For 1997's double team, but they did win. But Rodman did win for worst supporting actor, worst screen couple, and worst new star. Kind of rough. So what? So what? Won in 1997? Or I, 90, would have I guess to, it'd be the 98 Razzies. I'm gonna. Yeah, take I, I need to Google it. I don't know. You keep doing the quiz. I'm gonna find it. All right. While we do that, number three. Jack Quinn's birth year is reported as 1959. How many years off of Jean-Claude Van Damme's actual birth year is that? Is it A, 1? Is it B, 2? Is it C, 3? Or D, 4? Farts and tarts. Jumpzilla. Sadly, I read this one. It's one year off. One year off. Bonus question. What year was JCVD born? Uh, 59? No. What Jack Quay Jack Quinn was born in 59. Oh. Upper up or down? <coughs> I, I believe it's is it up? Was he born in 60? He was born in 60. Yeah. That is correct. So two, sorry, I misunderstood the question there. Yeah, my bad. Two to Chumpzilla. Thunderous Wizard, you are one behind. You are still. Very much in striking distance. For the record, worst picture, the postman. Postman. Uh, postman, wow. won, postman won most awards with five. 
So Robin, even though we got three, he couldn't catch the postman. Most nominations, Batman and Robin. Another pod yeah. appearance with 11. Oh, hey, also a contender with Speed 2. Another another pod, another pod episode. Another yeah. pod episode. Speed. I, I, I would go back and revisit Batman and Robin. I, I kind of want to do that. All right. Number four. The next film, Sui Hark made, also starred Van Damme and also bombed spectacularly. So much so that he left American cinema for good. What was that film? Was it A, Hard Target? Was it B, The Quest? Was it C, Legionnaire? Or was it D, Knockoff? Ponytails, cocktails. All right, Thunder's <laughs> Wizard. It's Knockoff, starring Rob Schneider as a, as a damaged shoe. <laughs> <laughs> it was indeed Knockoff. All right, so it is two wow. to two. Okay. It is an even game. Can I just share a personal story about my childhood movie existence at one point in time i not only ordered double team via like a motel pay-per-view and made my poor dad pay whatever like 11 dollars for that crap he also had to pay 11 dollars for knockoff because i loved action movies so much like you'd go to a hotel you'd be on vacation but oh can i watch a movie sure sure and i would order the worst fucking shit possible <laughs> I street fighter hotel pay-per-view even though i'd seen it in theaters three times feels like you should call your dad and apologize probably although i never knew that street fighter had an after credit scene until that motel viewing mm. because i never bothered to stay through the credits because usually i was so heartbroken that that's what the street fighter movie was <laughs> You know Heartbroken what? I'm really three hearing times here. over. Yeah. No, what is I'm there... really hearing here, T Dubs, is that uh, I think JVC or JCVD owes you twenty bucks, man. <laughs> That's what I'm hearing. At least yeah. owes your dad twenty bucks. At least, <laughs> at the very least. My dad right, was that... a good sport. He took me to see Mortal Kombat five times. So. Oh my god! Your your dad truly loves you. That's great. Yeah. All right. Aww. Let's close this out. It's an even playing field. So whoever gets this takes the W. Dennis Rodman's character in this film in particular inspired which fighting game series? Is it A, Dead or Alive? Is it B, Virtua Fighter? Is it C, Tekken? Or is it D, Guilty Gear? Oh, I'm so torn. It's between two. Yeah. Uh, I'll help you out, T-Dubs. Uh, ponytails and cocktails, virtue fighter. That is incorrect. Mm. That wasn't one of my two. Oh, I was trying to. Help <laughs> oh, you out. TW, what is it? Tekken. That is incorrect. It is dead or alive. I, the oh, bonus wow. question. Bonus question. What is the character name? Uh, is it dead or alive? The fighting game with all the boob jiggle physics. Yes, it is oh. the boob jiggle physics <laughs> game. Ponytail cocktails. Yes. Nah, you're <laughs> close, but incorrect. Yes. Jumzelli, you want you want to give it a shot? I, I don't know any dead or alive characters, so no. Zach. Zach is the answer. Zaz. All right. Zaz. Yeah, I should have went with yeah, Yaz backwards. Zach. I knew. I knew it was that. Because those two games like conflate for me. 
they're both like middling 3D fighters. I know people like Tekken a lot, but I was never a, a 3D fighter outside of Soul Calibur. That one was actually, I guess, really good. Love Soul Calibur. It's yeah. such a good game. Yeah. yeah. So the answer was, Zach, in I think a couple different games, Rodman has come back to voice the character of Zach. It is truly impressive. Wouldn't the illegal arms dealer in Metal Gear Solid 4 essentially be Rodman-esque too? I mean, fair. Yeah. I'd allow it. He has like the monkey and he drinks the monkey drinks soda and he sells <laughs> illegal arms. Why wouldn't it? Why wouldn't it be? All right. So closing on out, let's talk recommendations this week. I'm going to toss it. TW, what is your recommendation? What you into? What you enjoying? So I alluded to it, um, but when I, you know, I, I hadn't researched this movie in a long time. And when I found out who the director was, I, I went back to his filmography and he wrote and, and uh, produced Iron Monkey. Uh, Iron Monkey is a Chinese movie. It's essentially very Robin Hood-esque about a benevolent doctor who is helping out the poor while robbing the rich in this Chinese uh, city. Uh, Donnie Yen is in it. It's, he's very young. It came out in 1997. It's a lot of fun. It, it gets a little wire fooey at times, but there's also a lot of great choreography. And otherwise you could watch Twin Dragons, which is Jackie Chan movie where he has twins, which was a thing that action movies did in the late 90s, <laughs> mid 90s. And Twin Dragons is pretty great. He directed that. So and those, twins yeah so those would be my recommendations uh but iron monkey's great i love iron monkey all right chumzilla i'm gonna steal one from your book <clears throat> here captain cash and just say that the uh season finale of peacemaker came out this week and i i am not nearly the peacemaker super fan that you are cash um but i was I really pleasantly surprised by this uh, show I didn't go into it with big expectations. I was not a fan of the Suicide Squad. It was okay. Um, I didn't really think I would care about uh, the Peacemaker character, but I watched it and I was pleasantly surprised. It ended up being a really strong show. And uh, Cena really shows some acting talent. I think you can see him actually growing as an actor uh, in this series. And you know, hopefully, you know, he'll continue his career with this character and with others. I, you know, I, I think he's probably got to a baby rock career on his hands at this point. No, no, no. He's a baby Batista. Cena baby and Batista, Batista challenge themselves as actors. And I'll take either one of them over the rock any day. Oh, yeah. I don't think he's yeah, ever going to make rock money, but I mean, he's, I think he's going to have a legit career. Yeah. Um, you know, he's going to be limited because physically, I mean, you can only, he can't do everything with that build. Like he's going to be limited he's a there giant to a degree. Shaped gorilla. Yeah. Yeah. But, but I think he's showing that he can act uh, and, you know, and show some dramatic chops here. Um, but yeah, but my point is that I was shocked how much I enjoyed this series. I really thought that I would be talking about the book of Boba Fett, even though that series finale just came out too. And that was, it was, it was good. It was Star Warsy, it's which is fine. Star fine. Red. fine. I enjoyed it. Oh. Whatever. I, I was, I was really impressed with the quality of the Peacemaker series. So I, I, I would recommend that just to give a shout out to you, Captain Cash. I, I, I enjoyed it more than the Book of Boba Fett, and I would have never guessed that. Yeah, same. And I will say, just as long as we're talking performances, Steve Agee, like, gives a monologue in the in the final episode that is just. It's such a gut punch 
like it, he's been this joke character this entire series and he gets to deliver this one true thing that I'm like, I hope that guy gets more work. Way to fucking go, Steve. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, I, think, I think he's a good comedic actor throughout the series, but he does get that really dramatic scene. And, it, it, and again, I give some credit to James Gunn and his clever scripting. Yeah, it, it, it's it's an emotional beat, but it's also a big payoff for a, a running gag throughout the the, the whole uh, yeah you know, series. It's a, like it's point. really well done. I think, and, we, and he does a great job with it. I think we can all agree, whether you love James Gunn or not, and I, I like him a lot. He's incredibly adept at taking characters that you consider outcasts or nothings, and making you care about them. Yeah, it's and it's I, the freaks or geeks phenomenon. I right? think it's incredibly self-reflective in a lot of ways, <laughs> but he's just an excellent writer and Peacemaker's been awesome. Yeah, hard to agree. So. My recommendation this week, again, as much as I love Peacemaker and I do check that out, um, I caught a couple episodes of The After Party, which I think is still going on. It's a, a series on Apple Plus, Apple TV, whatever they call that. Yes. Um, where it, it is, it's a murder mystery wherein a who's the younger Franco, not James. Uh, yeah, Fra- Franco the lesser. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's Foot Franco, right? I don't know. He's married <laughs> to Allison Brie. So, yeah. in my estimation, he's Franco the greater. Uh, is killed at a party, and the people that are at the party then are telling their story to Tiffany Haddish's detective character and it it's shot where every episode is like a different genre film so like the first one's a romantic comedy the next one is an action movie the next one is a musical the next one is an animated film the next one is a dark noir you know like thriller it's it's a lot of fun and it stars a, a bunch of different folks uh, n- not the least of which is Ben Schwartz, who is the voice of Sonic, and, Sonic. A, and a ton of o- other things, and he's great. John Ralphio. Yeah, it's a, <laughs> it's Dave Franco for the record. Dave, Dave no, Franco. No, no, thank no. you. No, it's uh, Bratwurst Franco. Best friends. Sure. With, best friends with Footlong. Apparently, there's also a Tom Franco. Oh no! There there are three Francos. Okay, well, that's all like, of which that's to like say the... though. Yeah, there, there are a bunch of Francos, all of which to say, though, the, the lead of the thing, as far as I can tell, tell, outside of Tiffany Haddish, is Sam Richardson, who is in Werewolves Within, which I recommended a, a while back. And he's great. So I really strongly recommend it's still going. So I don't know if this actually pays off, but I'm enjoying <laughs> it so far. The after party on Apple TV. Also, Apple cool. TV. Give us some goddamn money for that. Yeah, come on, Tim Apple. You dick. Yeah, for sure. Otherwise, we'll call Tim Pear. <laughs> I'm not against it. Oh. All right. Well, thank you for listening. If you stuck with us this long, you can find the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Hops and Box Office Flops. Thank you very much for joining us for our 147th episode. You can find T-Dubs at WriterTLK. You can find Chumpzilla at Chumpzilla8 on Twitter. 
And I, as always, can be found as C-A-P-T-C-A-S-H on most of your social media. Have a good one and check out WabamEntertainment.com. Next up, Showdown in Little Tokyo. Yes. Dolph. Yeah, you thought this was bad, Chubb Tilla. Just you wait. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>